Hello guys and welcome to the second official episode of my own podcast. It used to be called Termicast. We did have to unfortunately change the name because there was another another podcast from before which I didn't realise had the same same name. So we we have had to change that now. So it's now called the JJ13 podcast. Um, so today I'm joined by a very special guest who I've known for just under a year now. His name is Neil from the Neil, Neil Before Me channel. Uh, do you want to say a little hello? Hello, Neil. Hi, everyone. Thanks. <laughs> special is very nice. I don't. I don't class myself as special. I'm just quite an ordinary guy. I. I, I think that's you're a, special, Neil. That's that's the nicest introduction I've ever got in my life. <laughs> I'll take it. Oh dear. So, um, do you wanna do you wanna plug plug your socials, plug your Twitch, just, just tell everyone where you, where they can find you and everything. Um, yes, as you said, I stream on Twitch as well. Um, my channel is Neil Before Me, but without the K, so N E E L Before Me. Um, I stream. A bunch of awful games like Apex and FIFA. Well, not FIFA anymore, in it, but <laughs> mostly Apex and Rainbow Six uh-huh. Siege right now. Um, if you can find everything else from there, that's probably. If you're gonna follow me, that's where I want you. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you can find you can find all his Twitter and all that from. Uh, he actually has a TikTok as well, where which is uh, which is an interesting <laughs> one. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, zero zero videos on there. <laughs> that's one of those uh, watch this space kind of ones. <laughs> Um, how long have you been streaming for now? Anyway, it's coming up oh, to too long. Yeah. yeah, too long. It's been two and a half years now, I think. Two and a half years. Yeah, oh, and I've got goodness. nothing to show for it, so that's sad. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. You've got a very loyal following. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, um, like, it's sure like six of, of you. <laughs> six of you. I'm, 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 I count as like three people because I'm here for most streams. So <laughs> true, true. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to literally firstly talk about um, why you kind of started streaming. What what kind of got you into to streaming? Why you perhaps enjoy it so much? What what do you get out of it really? Um, so one of the big things for me was I've been playing video games since I can remember. Like one of my earliest birthday memories when I was like three, I think. Um, we got my cousins got the PlayStation One, and I was instantly hooked. Like we've, me and my brothers, my cousins, my friends, we've all, I was part of that era where like everyone at college would be like, okay, get home, let's jump on Modern Warfare 2 and whatever. So you, I've been doing that for my whole life. And then as we grow, grew older, a lot of my friends got into, <clears throat> of my friends got into um, like drinking and trying to get with girls and like social aspects. The, the of, usual, yeah. yeah. And, and I was, I, and this was at like 16. So obviously I hate underage drinking and stuff, <laughs> but um, yeah, this was at like 16 and stuff. So I was kind of like, I, I'm not really into that. Like I still enjoy playing card. I still enjoy these kind of things. And I didn't really want to get caught <clears throat> up in that crowd too much. And then when I went to uni, I, um, it was right after I finished GTA five. And that is one of my favorite games ever. Love it. The story, not online. I don't love online that much, but um, I completed that, went to uni and didn't take my PlayStation with me. So during my first year, I, f- I found like the whole YouTube gaming side of things. So the Let's Plays and the whatever mm. else, like the, the, the watch alongs. Um, and then from there, I was like, oh, this is actually really cool. Like, obviously, I knew about KSI and things like that from before, but I was like, that's not a thing. And then I saw loads more people doing that. So I was like, oh, this is clearly something people do. And that was my first year of uni. So I went the whole of my four years at uni thinking this is something I'd really like to do. <laughs> um, but I was so nervous and like, <clears throat> I didn't know how to like, because or, uh, as far as I was being told by all my friends and stuff, mm. like playing games at this point, like when you're 25, 24, 25, isn't cool. 
So um, I just kept getting, like, every time I mentioned, like, oh, I don't want to play FIFA, everyone's like, no, leave me alone. What you, stop being so weird. <laughs> so I was really nervous to, like, bring the idea of streaming or doing YouTube or, like, putting myself out there on the internet playing video games. Putting that forward to my friends, even to Ashna, my fiance, like I was a bit nervous to put it forward to these people because I just thought the reception I'd get back would be really bad. So I first thought about streaming when I was 19 and then got all the way to, I think, well, I was 23 when I first, when I did my first stream. Um, And I remember there's a year gap from when I told Ashna to when I actually started streaming. Because again, (laughs) I was just so nervous about starting. I had no Mm. idea like how to do it. And I just, uh, yeah, I didn't know where to start. Um, but I was always, and like when I, when I was at uni, I was like, oh, why, do, why, does, why do people work a nine to five? Like, why do people, why, why can you not do what you love? Like, why, is, why are we always told you have to work a great job, earn loads of money? Like, that's just not really something that's a dream for me. For me, the dream is mm. love what you do. And for me, my biggest love in life is uh, playing video games. Mm. That's um. That, you've made some really, really interesting points there. I especially want to talk a little bit about um, the kind of traditional view of you know you get to sixteen, you're supposed to, or to eighteen to twenty, you're supposed to grow up, you're supposed to like different things, you're supposed to grow away from video games, which I think is just such a it's such a shame. It's it it shouldn't be like that, you know. If you enjoy you know what you what you do, if you want to go stream, go by all means go and start streaming. I feel like it is yeah. changing perhaps a little bit. Um, but perhaps a little bit as, as a result of, you know, coronavirus and stuff and a lot of people staying at home. Um, I was talking to Jamie about this last week. He, the reason he actually got into streaming was because of coronavirus and he didn't really have anything to do. And um, he found this amazing community on Twitch, which is obviously why Twitch is so different from a platform like TikTok or, or YouTube or something, because it's so it's so it's such an insert. You, you can if you if you do the right things and if you if you engage with the community like um both of us do you can you can make a really really neat community you can make a really fun For community sure. where where you can where you can go and interact with people um and have a good time and make so many more friends and um i you know some people might deem that as uncool some people might deem playing video games as uncool but at the end of the day if you do enjoy what you're doing i think you know why not man why not um, exactly and, and one of the things i don't know about you but for me start instead of doing well two, two there were two reasons to doing twitch ahead of youtube one was uh, the time to your first payout is sooner on, <laughs> yeah. on twitch because you can start getting donations and things like that yeah before you even hit affiliate whereas youtube i think when i first started it was like you had to have ten thousand subscribers for them to even mm. acknowledge you um so for me obviously because i was putting this forward to people that didn't really believe in the idea of it i wanted to show them that look you can get a bit of an income from this so i went for the one that got you the income sooner basically (laughs) but the other the other second reason is i really enjoyed that interaction with people the live interaction of being able to like biggest example is i would never have met you if i was doing youtube Mm, exactly or i wouldn't actually have conversed with people like you. is that such a bad thing though really (laughs) no mate i I tell you what mate i've met some absolutely incredible people through streaming like Mm. some of the people i've met like look, we li- we live on almost opposite ends of the country. When our paths aren't gonna cross otherwise, right? Like this is the only way we've got to meet, and we've got to play video games together. I feel like I would really consider your friend. Like we've, I would. It's just weird and wonderful that this is where Twitch can take you. It's fun. Yeah, it's amazing. Sense. It really is amazing. Um, 
No, you. I think you. You again. You hit the nail on the head. It's just such a. It's it's a really unique platform in in that in that regard. Um, one that you can grow a community, unlike YouTube, where you you know you're you're restricted by this by this barrier of 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 time lag between when you upload the, when you actually make the video and when you yeah. upload it. So you can't get that instant that instant feedback and really make those connections to people that you that you would otherwise. Um, Um, the first kind of main topic of conversation I wanted to talk about was, um, so we're both into FPS It's not me, you know, more than I was, was, was before I wasn't into too much FPS, but I've started playing a bit of Apex. I've started playing, um, I've been playing Star Wars Battlefront for quite a while now. Um, and I just wanted to talk about generally, so you, you've played Apex, you've played Siege, you've played, um, Warzone, Battlefront, uh, on top of many other games, I'm sure. Um, what would you say that you look for generally in one of those games? Would you say it's the competitive aspect of um, something like um, Apex and, and ra the ranked games, or would you say what what was the main kind of aspect that sets it apart from from a lot of other from a lot of other games? Would you say? I would say the uh, sounds stupid, but fun. Like you don't <laughs> want you don't want a game where you have to be crazy sweaty. To win exactly yeah things like that you 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 gotta remember these are video games at the end of the day the, the main point of them is enjoyment so i would say fun is the biggest thing i would say fair like you don't want a broken game like we've played fifa like, <laughs> <laughs> yes i don't want to i don't want to put people through that in an fps um i think have like when when a video game acknowledges or the the developers acknowledge the issues in the game i think that's a really big thing like I know Apex has a lot of issues, but their but their devs are quite transparent with what they're doing and why they make the decisions they do, which I really like. I feel like I get behind the company a lot more than I should, um, as opposed to the game, which is a bit weird. Mm. No, no, I, I no, really, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that resonates with me. When, when when you know the company cares about their their fan base and they don't think of them as customers, they think of them as gamers, things like that. That those little things make a big difference, in my opinion. Um. But also you want replayability is another big thing, like how much you can play the game. Like COD, I think the reason why they have to keep bringing out a new game every year is because it's just not that. You can't play it beyond a year. It gets boring, it gets stale. Mm. Um, FIFA's the same. I don't know if you've not FPS, but um, Battlefront, <laughs> I think that's probably its biggest issue, right, is they've... They can't add like you can't no, have so many maps that people get excited behind. Well, the thing about the thing about Battlefront is um, there was so many. It was throughout that community was completely thriving about a year ago. Um, so so a little backstory to Battlefront, basically Battlefront Two. So right at the start of the game, as you probably know, it was it was um, plagued with microtransactions, and EA basically just. Um, put their spell over it you know they did all the things that they would have with fifa and put all these microtransactions in which basically ruined the game for a lot of people before it even released um and so at release what they did is they took away all the microtransactions they actually stripped the game back to just the game and then slowly but surely built up on that with you know loads of different stuff that um so me as a star wars fan there's so many different things that i wanted in that game and there's so much that we got. So, the, the, you know, the, the Clone Wars wasn't even a consideration really right at the start of the game. So, and then they started adding, you know, Anakin, Obi-Wan, all the, these different characters from, from these different eras. And, the, um, and DICE, who, who are the <coughs> company who actually, um, they're the developers. They put so much time and effort 
into the game of resources and they really strive to make it. As you were saying, it's so important to have a developer who actually cares about the fan base. And you could tell that these were true, true Star Wars fans. You know, there's so many characters yeah. that we've been waiting for for so long. And uh, so, but unfortunately about a year ago, they did, they did stop... Um, they did stop development of the game. They just completely said it. They said, this is the final update. We're not having any more. We're going to go put our resources on Battlefield. Um, and it was such a shame because there were so many more things that us as Star Wars fans wanted in the game. You know, we wanted Ahsoka. We wanted Mace Windu. We wanted so much more Clone Wars things. But they just didn't, they never put it into the game, which was such it, a shame because it was, it was a meteor. It was on a meteoric rise, I'd say. Yeah, it was weird because I actually started playing, the first time I ever picked up Battlefront 2 was, I think it was like three weeks after they announced that they're no longer no, putting any updates exactly, out. Yeah. So I've only ever played that like final polished product that they say. Um, but it's a, it's a great game, but I think um, it can only take you so far. Like, obviously, you're a massive Star Wars fan. I wouldn't call myself the biggest Star Wars fan. I think the prequels are better than the originals. <laughs> that's how little of a Star Wars fan I am. Um, but for just an average fan, I think that game, the, the gameplay is very enjoyable but it did just feel like there was like six good maps that just kept getting rotated mm. um if if you were if you'd been playing the game for like four years you were miles better because it was very much if you play the game loads more you've unlocked all the abilities for the what they call like the legends is that what you call them uh you, know, you call like, them hero, heroes, heroes and yeah villains. the heroes yeah heroes and villains if you've got really high level Anakin, you're just absolutely amazing. Like the amount of times I died to Darth Vader, like, I was frustrated. <laughs> oh, he's the point. most. Oh, he's the most broken card in the game. He was, yeah, he I was, was heavily, so frustrated yeah. by getting force <laughs> chokes. Um, so yeah, I was I was done with it after a bit, and I and I do think it gets, especially when you've got team deathmatch games. I think they get a little bit more boring. I think the reason why Fortnite, Apex, games like that have had a uh, longer life is because. I think battle royales because there's so many more outcomes and yeah. there's so many more scenarios you can get into because the maps are bigger you're fighting different opponents it could be at different times in the game your loot's different there's so much more rng into the game that makes for a different experience every game you're never going to have the same two battle royale experiences in any game even if you played 500 games even if you played 10,000 games you're never having that same experience right which i think it helps for longevity because you're never getting bored of the game it doesn't get stale. I think that's a big thing, right? That stale feeling of... Because that's what COD felt like to me after a bit. It was, it's just the same game with a new skin every, every year, isn't it? Mm. Um, and I think well, Battlefront was that for me too. The, what's, what's really interesting, I think you mentioned there, was um, you haven't actually talked about the competitive side of, of any game at all, which I think is quite interesting because I, I noticed you said that um, perhaps one of Battlefront's downfall was the limited amount of maps. You look at something like Apex, that does have a limited amount of maps. Yes, they're bigger, but at the end of the day, they are the same maps. What would you perhaps say that because there is no competitive, real competitive aspect in Battlefront, there's no rank, there's no um, esports of it um, that I'm aware of. Would you say that to make a game, um, to make you come back to a, to an FPS like um, 
like Apex, would you say them there there kind of has to be this kind of competitive aspect, you know, this personal drive where I mean, obviously in FIFA unfortunately as much as we both hate the game and much, as much as we both hate foot jumps a lot of people <laughs> and just we do, do hate come. the game yes we do hate the game um so many people just come back for for that competitive aspect of foot jumps you know do you think that the competitive side is an important aspect or at the end of the day do you think the base of the game the base of enjoyment should just be how fun the game is i think the base of it should be how fun it is but i think having a ranked mode let's split that up let's let's talk about rank and then Let's split mm. esports from that. So let yeah. just my own. I'm not very good at. Well, I would say I'm about average at most games. Um, so Apex, I think I'm I'm pretty average. I wouldn't. I'm never gonna get to like uh, average or anything. Average is generous. Yeah. Well, I'm in I'm in gold right now, so that tells you enough. No, you're, you're much I'm, better it's than a me. Journey. I can tell you that much. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I. I, I would say we're somewhat similar. Like I think mm. we've had we've both had rounds where we both played better than each other. Well, so I don't I'm, use I'm the spit in that same category. I don't use the spit for anymore. I'm proud of you for that. <laughs> <laughs> I am very proud of you for that. You can't oh, use dear. the triple take either. <laughs> yeah, I know it's awful. Um, so yeah, you're a changed man. No, but I think <laughs> when you've got ranked, I think your like you said your personal drive i think that is very important like every season of apex i'm always there like oh let's get into plat let's get into diamond i think with apex it's not mm. that difficult to get into plat as such obviously diamond's a little bit more different but i think to get to plat is just a time thing if you've got yeah. the time in your day to play apex for quite a long time you'll get there no matter how good or bad you are at the game you'll get to plat um as long as you've got basic gun skills um so i think that personal drive definitely does make you like me personally come back to a game so like apex i keep coming back to it because like i said i want to get to that plat i've never got there before and that's my drive to come back to it um but i wouldn't be coming back to it the reason why like, like fifa had the same thing like i wanted to get the best team i wanted to get to div one i wanted to to in 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 uh, foot champs i wanted to get to elite things like that but that drive didn't keep me at the game more than how much i didn't have fun playing the game yeah so i think there's got to be that balance of fun and your own personal drive because realistically it is a video game at the end of, and at the end of the day i don't get anything from hitting elite i don't get anything from hitting plat it's just my own personal achievement no, so exactly. when it's your personal achievement you've got to want it as well in that game yeah. if that makes sense like i just fifa is just a game where like I, it's not fun <laughs> enough for you to come back to it rocket league kind of had that same issue where it did have the rank but again, it was yeah, very it's, much. It's you're kicking a ball around in a car. Like there's only I mean, so the, ma the maps are so similar go. as well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, they're all the same, just different skins. Mm. Um, so how much can you play that? I know there's people that are really good at it and can do all these like crazy flying things. But for the people like us, where we're just average, you're not going to keep coming back to that kind of game because it is fun. Rocket League is very fun, but it gets stale. So there's there is a balance of a few things, right? Um, but. With esports, I think if you've got an esports behind your game, you're you're solid. I hope I don't offend the Rocket League fan base, but I don't think Rocket League would be a successful game right now if there wasn't an esports behind it. I, I think, think that game point. would have been. I don't think Epic Games buy that game, and I, and it was on a down downward trend before Epic Games picked it up, and then they like bought it all back. Um, so I just don't think like that game lasts without an esport. Like you said, it's a, it's a very it's a very repetitive game. It's not something like Apex where you've got so many different scenarios. You know, the the extent of the scenarios is scoring and conceding in a pitch that I don't yeah, know. It's, it's just not very big. Cars. Exactly, yeah. uh, uh, virtually that is that is what it is. I think Top Gear um, did an episode didn't they, with, with <laughs> yes, the footballing cars. Thing, That's probably yeah. where they got the idea from, to be honest. Um, 
but so the the last little bit I want to talk about with FPS is is the so in in games like um in in games like Apex and Rocket League the rewards that you get are very much aesthetic and they don't make you better at the game you know the only the only thing that makes you better at the game is the experience whereas a game with like Battlefront which I would regard as you know on its day is just as fun as Apex or or like FIFA you have you have rewards in game that will make you better at the game. Um, yeah, virtually. Would you say that that's that's true to what a video game should be? Do you reckon that's right? Um, oh man, I have moaned about this time and time again. With <laughs> I think it's the whole idea of gambling for kids, right? There's lawsuits and things about that in Belgium, different countries yeah. right at the moment. Yeah, yeah it's Belgium. Um, I think there's a few more countries that are coming up with it now as well. I think you're right. Saying yeah, that you, we're going to add some around. regulations mm-hmm. and things. Um, but I mean, it's gambling for kids at the end of the day, isn't it? What what age would you say is FIFA's average? Uh, well, it's not. It's good. Thirteen, twelve. It's it's it's. To be honest, it's gone. It you know, it's it, it could be. Well, it's it's anywhere from twelve to, to yeah. sixteen, really, mainly. mainly. Right. Um. So you're how old you have to be to gamble in the UK? Eighteen, right? Eighteen. Yeah. So at the end of the day, when you buy packs, it's basically like doing slots, isn't it? I see no difference in buying packs and hitting a slot machine. So it is very much, and it is addicting because when you see um, Castro getting prime hullet and things like that, and you're there pulling packs, opening loads and loads and loads of packs, getting Danny Osvaldo and things like that, (laughs) like you're just, you're going to keep going because you're like, oh, well, if he he can get, if if he can get hullet, I can get hullet. And exactly, you're going to keep yeah. going because you're, and also when, when you're playing it, especially when you're at school and all your friends are playing it. If one of my friends, when I was at school, if, if I played Ultimate Team back then, and one of my friends said to me, oh, I just got Ronaldinho out of a pack. I'd be there like, shit, man, I need to get Ronaldinho <laughs> or I need to get Ronaldo. I need to one up him. I need to get a better player. So I'd be sitting there pulling packs myself as well. And, and it's not necessarily a bad thing to want to do that. I think it's a bad thing that EA, one of like, it's stupid expensive to buy packs. Holy shit, it's so no, expensive to it's, to, Yeah, to it's like 80 buying. quid for 12, 12k FIFA points, I think. It's something yeah, which is... Like and what, a normal gold pack, I think, isn't that expensive. It's like, what, 300 FIFA yeah, points Yeah, but what are you going like to get from a gold pack? So. Nothing. When you get to, like, the, the crazy team of the season packs and, like, exactly. these all limited edition packs, they get really expensive. Like, you're paying, like, four or five pounds just for a pack and things like that. That to more me is that, wild. I think it's something like yeah. 20 quid for an 100k pack. It's something ridiculous like that. Wild. Wild. Is, how, ridiculous. at the age of like 13, 14, how are you spending that kind of yeah, money? Yeah, where, where are you getting that money for? And at the end of the day, it's from their mum's credit cards most of the time. Exactly. Um, and, and I think having a pay to win game isn't fun for no. anyone that isn't willing to pay or can't afford it. You want eleven player field, which is why, which is why I like the way Apex do it because it's cosmetics. If you like cosmetics, you'll be willing to pay for it and things like that. And Apex is thriving; it's a billion dollar company right now. Mm. Um, they're thriving; they're doing fine without having pay to win things in their game, and it works in every other game apart from apparently FIFA. Would you? So th- there is a little bit of a difference there. So there's a difference between um having things in the game that will make you better the game that you have to pay for to get like fifa whereas with battlefront you do have star cards and things that will make you better at the game but they can't they aren't attainable through through real life currency they're not attainable through through pounds or whatever whatever currency you're using um it is that is that still a bad thing do you do you think that they you should have things that you can unlock in game that will make you better at the game uh as opposed to 
just the raw skill of playing the game. Do you think that that's still wrong or? I think if you're taking away the real life currency aspect, I think everything's fair game. Because that is, if look, if you play a game more than me, that's a time dedication. You've you've dedicated your time into that. So if you've put in 300 hours into Battlefront and I've only put in 20, you oh, deserve it's to. Than, have... It's more than 300 hours, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I think mine's actually around 20, so I thought I was being accurate there. But uh, no, yeah, so obviously you're going to have better gear. That's You deserve that. And I think if you have... If there's an in-game currency and you're earning that currency over the time you played the game, that's fair enough because that's part of the game. That isn't, that isn't, and, and if I wanted to, I could get that. Do you know what I mean? Like if I played enough and things like that, I could get that. Whereas FIFA's not really that. FIFA is very much a situation of, I could play every day of, like I could play, come home from work every day from seven till 10, play FIFA every day. And I'm not going to have a crazy good team at the end of that. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to have the same team as Castro. I'm not going to have the same team as Billy. <laughs> like, it's just not going to happen for oh, me. Oh, can we talk about Billy's pack look just for a second? So this, I hate like, him. If you, if you guys know Billy, um, Billy Nick 22 streams on Twitch. His pack luck is... is outrageous. It's, it's out, it is outrageous. Um, go, and, go, and watch his, go and watch his Twitch if you want to see his team. It's ridiculous. Um, also, he's six foot six. Didn't believe him for a second. That's <laughs> I was so point. surprised. I was That's so the... <laughs> surprised. It's, yeah, you, I, I heard you made him stand against the door. Just to, I did, just yeah. To I didn't through. believe him for a second. I've messaged him on about six different occasions just being like, okay, look, just yeah, out of the on, blue just... as well. Just be like, come on, like, look, be honest with me. <laughs> I, like, are you six. actually? And he'll be like, yeah, I am. I don't know how to prove it. That's nuts. And I mean, how would you it. prove it, to be fair? Okay, so the next topic I wanted to talk about, so the, the second topic in this podcast, um, something, I don't know how you feel about this, um, I know that you haven't watched as much football as you perhaps did, uh, based on our conversations, but I do want to talk about a bit about football and Arsenal, and a few different topics under, under that kind of umbrella. So, um, the first thing I wanted to talk about, not, not to do with Arsenal, actually to do, well, including Arsenal, a few different teams. It's this idea of a Super League, which has been thrown around so much in the past few months. What's your opinion? What? Why Why is it such a bad thing for football? Uh, hate it. I'm absolutely against the idea of the ESL. Um, I think, obviously, I'm sure if you're into football, you've heard the rants that Gary Neville's made. Um, I think football started off being a working man's sport. And I'm quite a socialist. I, I don't, I'm for the 99%, not the 1%. Um, <laughs> that's not getting too far into political things. Um, but for me, I feel like football still, well, still should be. I don't think it is so much anymore when Arsenal tickets are now like 70 quid plus and stuff like that. <laughs> um, but I think football should be a working man sport. And when you're going to a, an ESL and you're going to this elite competition, I can't, yeah. I don't know about you, man. I don't know many people that could afford to go watch Tottenham, Arsenal, these Every average week. teams yeah. every single week in a different country as well. It's not just it's, like it's nuts. It's you're you're getting nuts. away from your fan base and you're very much becoming a company at that point. Mm. You're we would no longer be Arsenal Football Club. We'd be Arsenal Football Company because or Arsenal Super Drive Company or something. Exactly. Something with a sponsor. In Literally, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point in the future Stan Kroenke puts forward adding a sponsor into our name. <laughs> exactly. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. I guess Red Bull did it right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I really dislike the idea. I think um, 
if you're holding if you're if you're going to different countries every week to play games i get the champions league's a bit of like spirit but you have your league in in your own country as well mm. but if you're doing this every week you're you're gonna you're really going to alienate your own fan base because they won't be able to make the away games every week so you're gonna have to sell your away gate your away game tickets to people that live in the other country so if we go to play Bayern Munich you're gonna have to start selling tickets to just German people and you're not that's not a fan that's not Arsenal's core fan base if that makes sense yeah and vice versa like it's gonna happen for other teams it's not just Arsenal it's gonna happen for every team in in that league um so yeah I'm fully against it no, yeah, I mean exactly. It's it's very much a case of the rich of the rich become richer and richer. You know, yeah. it's just the the powerheads um, financially in football, basically just trying to commercialize the sport, which I think also, is what everyone knows. It seems so corrupt to have the governing body of this competition be the teams in the competition. <laughs> it just sounds so corrupt, doesn't it? I mean, you've already got UEFA, who uh, come on, let's be honest, they're probably rigging all the Champions League games already. And then you've you've True. got even more corruption coming in through oh it's just it's ridiculous. It just it just reeks of corruption, doesn't it? It'd it really be like does. me and you starting off our own competition and being like, yeah, we're gonna we're making the competition. We're gonna <laughs> base we're gonna make up the game of the competition and we're gonna say what's we right. We promise and what's we'll be wrong. fair though. We'll promise we'll be yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can it's take our word. We're so <laughs> trustworthy that we <laughs> that you can take we'll our word. We'll give you a pinky promise. We'll give you a pinky promise. <laughs> um the, the I know so I know people have talked about this a lot so I, I think maybe it's I think it at this current time it might be more beneficial to to focus on the response from from the football world so the response from local fans the response from everyone across the country you know I felt actually quite patriotic when Gary Neville and uh, Jamie Carragher were ranting about this on on Monday night football um, a couple of weeks ago I think it was I thought it was just fantastic you know you've got this this Manchester United and Liverpool legend coming together and fighting against a cause, which is, which is what everyone was doing, you know, across the country. You had Liverpool fans, you had uh, Wolves fans, you had, oh, I don't know why I went to Liverpool and Wolves, but you you know, United fans, everyone yeah, completely across the country. I've never seen fans come together this much. No. If only we did it, it with races. But no, that's a different thing. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a different, that's a different, <laughs> different. No, different but yeah, I've never seen fans so in unison, like Arsenal and Tottenham fans, Liverpool United fans, like everyone was just together on this. Like nobody wanted it apart from the owners of these 12 teams. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I felt, I get what you mean by that, that patriotic feeling. I kind of felt like this is beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Tears in my eyes. This is so nice. It was emotional. It was emotional. This is such a kumbaya moment in the world. (laughs) Where do we go from here? This is it. We've peaked as humanity. We've peaked here. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was just such a, it really was a movie, Uh, you know, as pathetic as a lot of people outside the football world perhaps see it i think it was really a moving experience where it really showed what difference you know football fans can make and um, that is what football should be right it's a fan sport it's, exactly it is, it is what i think the beauty of football be. is exactly that it's the the fans like i don't i don't like hooliganism and things like that but that passion of your team is i don't know it's it's so counterintuitive that it's beautiful <laughs> well it, it's it's like it's it's kind of the reason that people haven't really been watching football in the last year. You know, I don't know about you, but I have not been watching football anywhere near as yeah, me much. Yeah, so. And I think that is because 
I've kind of noticed this fake crowd noise, not having crowds in the stadium. It feels like it's just you watching it and not there's no one watching it with you. And there's not that sense of community. And when they celebrate, it's really pathetic, especially if you don't have crowd noise in because they're going to an empty stadium and, you know, <laughs> taking the shirt off and they go, hey, we scored a goal. And then there's nobody there to sell it. It's just really it's, it takes, I think, at the heart of football, as you said, it is that community. It is that sense of community. Um, it's that is that sense of togetherness, you know. Whether it's, I think I mentioned this in the last pod, podcast, whether it's going down to the pub with your mates um, after the game, or it's going having a pint at the match for the game if you smuggle one into the stadium. Um, <laughs> but it, it is generally, genuinely from from way down in the football pyramid to, to a club like my Torquay to up way up to the the giants like Liverpool and United. It is that sense of togetherness that you go with your friends, you go with your family. Um, yeah, and that is the essence of football. I think I completely agree with that. And I'm, I'm a bit of a part-time Arsenal fan. I wouldn't say I'm the biggest Arsenal fan in the world, um, but yeah, I, I completely get that. Like when Arsenal do well, it's such a happy feeling, and you want to be able to turn to your mates and be like, and like celebrate goals with them and things like that. Exactly. When you sit in your living room, I actually watch it on my PC um, <laughs> because someone's always watching downstairs. So I'll watch at my PC and things like that whilst I'm playing like Apex or something like that. And off the corner of my eyes, like, we'll score. And I'll be like, oh, yeah. I to celebrate with <laughs> So I just bring myself back down and I just give myself a little fist pump and that's it. I'm done with I that. Think, I think that's most people in the country in the last in the last year or so. Um, yeah, I am looking forward to getting back in stadiums. I've only been to see Arsenal a few times, but watching, like, going to a football game is it's, a magical experience in itself. I mean, I go to Torquay games every week virtually. Um, and I've been to one or two Liverpool games and... It's such a different experience. You don't get the same experience. You will never get the same experience from watching at home. Even if you're watching with your mates at home, it's completely different. It's so it's, different. It's 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 the difference between you sitting with a pint in your living room and you celebrating, you know, so close, especially at Torquay because we, we have the pop side, which is right right next to the pitch. And you can see the, the, the raw emotion, even in the players' faces. You can see, yeah. you know, you're surrounded by mates who go absolutely mental. You just feel like, like a bit of a dick if you celebrate that that much at home yeah. time. <laughs> just screaming um, your head off in your own living room for no I've reason t- i did it in the champions league and it's just <laughs> not the same it's not the same no, no, the <laughs> atmosphere is definitely important because i went i'm not i'm quite a subdued person in general i'm not the loudest person i'm not mm. like crazy emotional whatever like that but i went to watch arsenal play united a couple of years ago um oh, wow. at old trafford and it was when we drew two all and Jesse Lingard scored against us and it was a bad time in my life. But anyway, <laughs> I, I went to go, yeah, I went to go watch that game with a couple of my friends and I was singing about Lucas Torreira for 90 minutes. Like I'm not, <laughs> I was chanting my ass off, like everybody was singing and I was just there like, this is really cringe, but, but I'm here it's, for it. Like, it's I'm amazing. It yeah, it, exactly. It just brings it out of you. It really does. Um Okay. So that, that was the, the first little bit I wanted to talk about football anyway. Um Really some really interesting points there actually um there were, i do i do want to quickly just just quickly talk about the um the response from the united fans um i think you had a few weeks ago that's why the the liverpool united game was postponed because the united fans did gather around the state you know it was all it was all they said it was all peaceful do you reckon that's that's the response perhaps to someone like um the the manchester united hierarchy do you re- do you think that's an appropriate response from fans what would you say I think peacefulness is definitely a key thing there, right? I think as soon as you start vandalising things like that, I think you're getting a bit overboard. Like, I don't think they should have broken into the stadium. Yeah. Um, I think that was a, maybe a step too far. Um, but I think 
you want to make yourself heard. So I can see why they did it. I think when you've, because they've wanted the Glazers out for as long as I can remember. Um, so I can kind of understand that frustration. I feel that frustration with, with the Croin K team. Um, I don't like them. I don't like anything they stand for. And I'm pretty sure that's the same thing for United. Um, so I, I kind of see it as, I get why they're doing it. I think maybe the execution wasn't the perfect thing. But the, the um, spirit. Yeah, the spirit of it was, was definitely right. The thing is, though, I feel like a lot of this stuff falls on deaf ears. I don't think the, well, I don't know what his actual name is, the Glazers main guy. I don't think he cares. I think he's, when, you're, when you're a billionaire of that standard, you, I don't think you really give a crap about what fans are saying about you because you're there thinking, oh, I'm making billions off the back of this. Oh, well. Yeah. It, it is it's 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 a it's a problem that's been going on for a while you know especially with um someone uh, like new uh the newcastle owner um what's his name well, um, mike, ashley. mike ashley that's the one yeah, yeah. good old sports it's, direct oh yes oh yes um <laughs> it's been going on you know in, in that in 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 that part of the country for for ages and no matter how many peaceful process, protests there are, you know, you can't really force someone like that out of power because it's just money at the end of the day, which, exactly. which is a massive what shame. Thoughts, what are your thoughts on the whole, uh, you know, like they do it in Germany where fans own 51% of the team? Mm. I, th- what are I your think thoughts that's on that. Personally, I think it's a fantastic idea because that is what, uh, as we've mentioned several times in this podcast already, that is the essence of football. It, the, yeah, it would be nothing fans. without fans. It's the fans, exactly. Um, and I think what better to, I think, I don't know if you saw it, but um, Ajax, uh, they melted down their Eredivisie trophy and yeah. they gave stars to each of their, their season ticket supporters, which I just thought was such a powerful and quite moving gesture, actually. Um, That's a team that cares. The essence, exactly. It's, it's in the essence of what the game, of what the beautiful game should be. Why do we call it the beautiful game? Mainly because of the fans. And For sure. we, the fans have called it that, you know, it's, it's just it's completely about the fans. It's completely about the people who support the game. It's completely about the people who love the game. Um, and at the moment, that is that is the complete opposite end of the spectrum to to the, the owners of the football clubs. And I um, feel that we're only getting away from that as well, which is sad. No, exactly. Especially with the, I think VAR is, obviously it's not about the money, but it's just another attempt to perfect and, and not commercialise. But, you know... Really, it's, there. it's just becoming yeah. very like yeah. too much of a well-oiled machine. If that exactly, makes sense. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> what you what you love about football is seeing these horror tackles that you know refs have missed out of the corner. Of the there, there is an aspect about football that I, actually that is very enjoyable to watch. And you've got the controversy after the game and all that. The VAR controversy, you know, you can't celebrate, I, can you? Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a talking point. I guess it's still a talking point, but VAR is just a bit of a mess because. I think VA, the thing is, VAR, the system is great. It's still the bad refs behind the VAR that are making the terrible decisions <laughs> still. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're still, they're looking at video footage of Bruno Fernandes stepping on someone's ankle and still thinking, oh, yeah, that's a foul on Bruno Fernandes. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, I don't really, like, the amount of times you've seen Salah dive this season and still get the penalty for it. And yes. they, like everybody, like you look at the video, the commentators are there like, oh, I don't think that's a penalty. The fans are all there at home singing that uh, that's definitely not a penalty. Mm. And then somehow it's a penalty. So you, you, it's still bad decisions behind the VAR, which is ruining VAR. Yeah. I think VAR in itself is a very good addition to football. 
that's quite that's quite an interesting. Uh, personally, I because there's so much that it takes out of the game in terms of you know celebration. You can't fully celebrate after a goal these days, can't you? You know, there's yeah. the, there's these silly offside decisions that take too long, in my opinion, which is down to the referees. But at the end of the day, you would still have to check it anyway. Um, I personally, I just think it takes too much out of the game. Um, and there was an, I noticed you said uh, you were talking about you know different difference the subjective opinions on fouls and, and stuff. And uh, an interesting point that was that was raised last last um, a few days ago. Sorry, um, just after the Liverpool United match, I think it might have been at halftime from Graham Souness or Roy Keane or or one of them. Um, they were saying how you if you watch something in slow motion, it's going to look very very different to how it does in real time. Um, Agreed. And if you're just watching everything in slow motion, everything's going to look worse than it than it actually does, isn't it? Um, I agree. Or, I think the slow motion should be used more to like break it down. I think exactly, when you yeah. watch the VAR clips, I feel like this should be played at normal speed. Yes, yes, exactly. And then it's like, oh, I think I saw something there. Yeah. And then you can like break that down into. I think there's a lot of easy fixes that like we can all see. It's so frustrating because I, I, I feel like when I have these conversations with with people like yourself, people like David, Billy, anybody mm. like when I have footballing conversations with anybody across the country we all have the same fixes for var <laughs> we all come up with the same ideas for var why is it that the people higher up aren't seeing these oh, same dear. fixes are we missing um, something or are they being blind to it is i i don't know it's yeah it, it, something needs to be done about it i don't i don't know if that's our place to say and i think um we would just have to wait and see what happens with that but um for sure i did not think we were going to talk about var today but here we go uh, here we are even <laughs> Um, so that I wanted to go on to a, a little bit about your the club that you support. I wanted to talk about a little bit about Arsenal. I don't know. I don't know Best how religiously. <laughs> yeah, sure they are. Um, <laughs> I wanted to talk a little bit about. I don't know how much you've been keeping up with them, and and I'm sure I'm sure you've been watching a few of the Arsenal matches this season. You you kind of know what position. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk, <laughs> uh, talk about that. <laughs> I don't know why you had to say you know what position they're in. I know well, what position they're in. We don't need to address that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I was going to ask you what position, but I'm sure I'm sure you already know. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna move on from that. Um, I, I yeah. did want to talk about <laughs> I did want to talk about your opinions on um, Arteta and perhaps some of the decisions that he's made in the last few years. Um, obviously, he was understudy to Pep Guardiola at City. Do you think his skills have transferred across to Arsenal? What would you say? Um, I think he's perfected the skill of like waving his arms about pretending that he knows what he's doing. I think that one he's nailed down so far. Um, but before we get into Arsenal, let me like preface this a little bit by saying like I'm not the biggest Arsenal fan in the world. Um, I have this weird fight in my head every time about football in general of my into in intuitiveness and then my passion mm. so when you think about football like arsenal don't know i exist they don't care about me as a person as an individual why do i dedicate so much time to arsenal that's one side of my argument it's very why do i care way to look of it. yeah <laughs> look it's, at it. it is weird right but i always yeah. think that in, my, in the back of my head there's always that feeling of like no, why do i, I care I, when they do well? why do i care I when you. they do bad like what yeah. why do i why do i dedicate so much of my emotion to this football club when they don't mm. even acknowledge me they don't know i exist they literally to them, I'm just another number. But then there's the other side of it, which is like the passion and I want them yeah, to do good yeah. and I love football and I love <laughs> Arsenal. And, do you know what I mean? So there's that, it's such a weird battle I have in my head. So like, yeah. 
some of the things I may say may be a little bit contradictory, but it just depends on which side of me is talking, if that makes sense. No, I, I, um, I, I do get where you're coming from there. I do. I but do yeah, I'm quite cynical about Arsenal. Like, I know we're not great right now. Um, <laughs> the Wonder Years are way what behind to, us. What happened to the best team in Europe? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, yeah, again, you were talking to a different side of me there. <laughs> um, no, I think with Arsenal, we are, I think Arteta's, it's hard to say. I don't know if he's the right man for the job, but I also wouldn't, I don't think I'm there to say, let's, I'm not Arteta out yet. Yeah. Basically, I, okay. I don't think I'm Arteta out just yet. I think coming into a footballing club that has had the same manager for 20 plus years, I know we had Unai, but phew, Jesus. Unai. Um, that was just... <laughs> Admittedly, though, Unai, I don't think I was probably maybe a little bit too quick to want him out too because he's had, he's had a better win loss than Arteta did at Arsenal, um, or has had at Arsenal, sorry. Um, so I think. I think it's a tough job to do that. I think it's the reason why United had their like great downfall after Fergie is because when you come in after a manager of that, it's almost that like hangover, yeah. Exactly, it's it's crazy. It's such a crazy difficult job. And admittedly, Unai was definitely not my first choice, and neither was Arteta. I really wanted Ancelotti at the time because mm. he's a serial winner and he's just he's the kind of well, guy you want at Everton as well. Yeah, exactly, mate. He just brings stability to your team. Mm. And I, and I think we all knew that we were going to go through this downfall. I don't think it's surprising. It's what been three, it, four years now since our tetel, uh, uh, since Wenger left. I think it, it's about three or four. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it's also it's also that kind of name of Ancelotti that brings in the big players. It brought exactly. players like Alan. It brought James players, Rodriguez. Yeah, exactly. Those those yeah. big names that you wouldn't associate with normally with a club like Everton. For sure. Um, it's that kind of label. That you put on your yeah, club. no, I. But no, with our with Arteta, I think it's tough to like say he's done a terrible job or he's done a great job because he's won a just he he has won as the FA Cup, so he's won a trophy. Um, I don't really know what his direction is though. I don't. I like having watched Arsenal quite a little bit more in the past couple of weeks than I had in the whole year. Um, I don't know what his first team is. <laughs> I don't know what his favorite formation is i don't know what his best style of football is mm. um obviously i have my own opinions on where people should be playing and things like that but he seems to play pepe on the right wing one week on the left wing another week william plays for three weeks then gets dropped all of a sudden lacazette's playing really well and then it's obviously well i think it was injured but things like that like i don't really know like El, the resurgence of El Neni somehow I don't know where that came from because he wasn't playing that good he played he scored like two goals in Europa League and it secured his first team position I right hadn't now. heard about him for several years um, exactly until, it's but. like I think I, I don't know whether Arteta knows what he's doing enough because his only managerial experience is assistant manager to City and I think he did it for um I can't remember who else it was. Maybe Valencia or You like tell that. me. I have no idea. <laughs> I think he did some training. I think he was a coach for another team as well or something like that. So, yeah, I don't think he's had enough experience in managing. So, I, I don't know if he's the right man, but I wouldn't. I want to give him more time, basically. Ask me this again in, a, in, a, in like, Christmas time. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I might have a bit more definitive answer. The, the tricky thing about that is... is... Um, it's like with Frank Lampard, you know, he's been there for a year and, and so is Arteta now. Um, when do you say, okay, this is enough. This is, we're going to stop giving you time now. You know, this enough is enough. I think with Frank, it was probably a little bit too early. Um, although they have done extraordinarily, I mean, Frank did the, he did the, the 
almost the the foundations to this season. He he yeah. uh, he constructed the foundations of the season, which has actually been apart from you know their place in the Premier League. You know they're in the final of the FA Cup, which is actually today on the day we're recording. Um, uh, and the you know and the, the final, final of the Champions, of Champions League. League, which is completely nuts. It's it's a fantastic achievement. Um, so you do have to consider, you know, when I do get what you mean. Perhaps give him a bit more time, but I think it, you do have to be wary about um, Look, when saying. Yeah, is, is I, I think, I think for me, I don't want to just sack managers. I think as long as they are willing or not willing, I think as long as they are trying new things or like. I'm okay with with Arteta coming out one week and saying, look, this player, Enketia, has been playing absolutely amazing in training the last couple of weeks. Like, if it, pre-match interview, let's say, like, the team sheet comes out and they're like, you've got a Bamiyang Lacazette, why is Enketia starting today? And then he comes out and says, look, Enketia's been on fire in training this last week. I'm going to give him his chance. Things like that. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with throwing shit out of the wall and seeing what sticks. I'm, a, I'm absolutely fine with that. That's what I want from my manager, is trying to figure out how to make your team better. What I don't like about Arteta right now is we are playing this stale football and trying kind of the same thing week in, week out. We're trying to push a square peg into a circle hole at the moment, which that's, my, that's what worries me about Arteta, because I don't know whether he's able to adapt very well. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's why that's why I'm still a bit unsettled on Arteta because like he is trying a few different things, but maybe not enough. And I don't think he's explaining why he's doing it well enough, or like maybe he doesn't need to explain it to me. Why does he have to explain it to me? But I can't see his reasoning behind a lot of his decisions either. Like mm. it's very much a sort of one plus one equals three sometimes. I think um, an interesting an interesting kind of debate to have, uh, you could argue, is is whether Arteta very much just went and saw what Pep Guardiola did. Um, went and saw, okay, this is a this is a great brand of football. Went and tried to maybe implement the same ideals at Arsenal. And the reason I say that is because, like you said, he is trying different formations. He's trying different players out every single week, which is actually what exactly what Pep Guardiola does. You never see Pep with the same team. He changes the formation every single week. But I think the difference between the two there is Pep Guardiola has this very very true style of football that he sticks to no matter what formation the players know the drill the players know what to do um they are you know whoever whoever he brings into the squad because they've got such a powerful squad you know especially the bench players you know Aguero and I think De Bruyne weren't even playing against Newcastle and they still managed to to, to beat them which is apparently I didn't watch the match but apparently Newcastle were playing like Juventus that game so um, <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I think it is it is very much the difference between the two clubs is um, Arteta perhaps is trying to he's trying to implement these ideals that that he learned from Pep Guardiola I would say but you know to, to lesser plumb because I don't know whether he doesn't have the right players. You could argue. I mean, he has brought in a few players like Partey um, and and one or two others. Um, that does actually lead me on to to the next kind of topic. I wanted to say, um, so there has been talk of Bellerin and Leno leaving, um, which is surprising after last season with with Martinez, who who has actually performed a lot, would argue, better than Leno this season. Um, yeah. So that there is talk, there is talk about transfers going out. Have you thought about perhaps replacements, um, and who you who you would go in the transfer market for in terms of positions and maybe specific players as well? 
not so much players with with Leno. I can kind of understand why he'd want to leave. Mm. Um, I think he's one of the better goalkeepers in the league. I don't. I wouldn't say Martinez is a better goalkeeper than Leno. Firstly, I think when you play for a lesser team like Villa, well, I know they probably play better than Arsenal right now. But when you play <laughs> for a team like that, where your defense maybe isn't as good and things like that. You're going to come up against more shots. You're going to have to shine more. I think Martinez is a very good goalkeeper, but I think there was a reason why he was reserve keeper for Arsenal for the longest time as well. Mm. Um, <clears throat> whereas Leno, I do think, is a very top goalkeeper. I think he's very solid, maybe marginally better than Martinez, in my opinion. Maybe I'm biased, um, but I can understand why Leno wants to leave. I think he could play for a better team. Sometimes it might just be that he wants to be back in Germany. I don't know. There might be that to play in it. But I think I, I can't blame him for wanting to leave. Bellerin's a bit of a surprising one. I do think he's not as good as he was back in 2015 when he had that outstanding season. What, was it 2015? I think that was something like that. It was a little while ago now, actually. Yeah. Um, but when he had that like crazy season, um, his breakout season, I don't think he's as good as he was back then. Maybe he needs to cut his hair short again. <laughs> really lo he lost his ability or he started growing his hair out, didn't he? <laughs> Um, no, I think it was really that injury he had. Um, but yeah, I, I'm su I'm surprised by that because I don't know a team that would benefit from having Bayern that are better than Arsenal. Do, I can't really think of that. Would you say that it's not it's not in terms of individual Bellerin wants to go to a better club? Mate, do you do you not think that it's a problem with Bellerin itself and the club? Do you not think that Arsenal perhaps want to invest in a better right back? You know, they were doing a squad clear out saying Bellerin just isn't isn't he's not good enough for the squad. Do you perhaps think that instead? Maybe. It could be, but when we're replacing Bayern with Callum Chambers, that's not really <laughs> giving me much confidence, right? I think Callum Chambers, in his own right, is is a very decent player, but I don't know. It's I don't think I don't think Callum Chambers is the answer. I, I, unless we do go out and say, okay, we're having a mass overhaul. That's fair enough, but I don't. Mm. I think we'll sell Bayern, get thirty million for him or something like that, and then we'll pocket that money and think or we'll play Callum Chambers. The offer 30 mil for Sancho again and see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, something along those lines. Do you know what I mean? Like, we'll end up doing something stupid. Like, we won't, we're not, re like, I can't remember the last time we made like a good like for like buying and selling of a player. We just, we're not very good in the transfer market. We end up paying over for a lot of average players. Um, and under I think foot. Tierney was, yeah, Tierney's yeah. been our last great signing. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I think if Bayern wants to leave, like look, let him leave. If it's our decision, I think it's a fair decision. I can see why. Um, I just hope that we have got somebody in mind that is mm. probably is maybe willing to come to us. Like I hope we're not selling him to try and get like Danny Carvajal or something like that. I, that's <laughs> never gonna work. But I'm hoping <clears throat> I'm hoping Arsenal have enough foresight to sell Bayern and think ahead and think who are we going for. Yeah, you. I mean, you would hope so. Um, the only name that I've actually seen, uh, I went and I went and had a look just before we did the podcast, and just a, just a few signings. Um, Zach Zachariah, Zach I think it is from uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach, has been thrown around a few times, which I think is an interesting one because I actually think the one part of your team that perhaps is the one to focus on the less at the moment is your midfield just because you've got party and I know the rest of the midfield is probably not quite as good, but you have got Saka, you've got. Um, you've got El Nenny who's actually yeah, Jack who's in good form. I think it is. I mean, your defense is just a bit of a mess, to be honest. Well, um, David Luiz has come out and said he's leaving as well, hasn't he? I, has he? I, 
I had I I didn't even hear that, but yeah, um, I think I saw yeah, it yesterday. He said he wants to leave I at mean, the end of the season. You still got Mari, you still got Gabriel, but I mean, I've I haven't heard the best things about Arsenal defense. You, I mean, Bellerin as well, who's supposed to be leaving. What does that leave you? As you said, it leaves you with Chambers or right back. That's exactly. I think one of our biggest issues right now is our defense. And you look at you look at most teams, right? And they've got like this big name centre back. Mm. We don't have that. Our <laughs> main centre back pairing right now is Gabriel and Mari. Yeah. Neither of them are outstanding. Neither of them are like. When you look at them coming up, if you see a team sheet and like the other team have got Aguero or like Messi or somebody like that, and then yeah. they're coming up against Gabriel and Mari, I'm there like, oh, oh shit, both here of these we go players. again. I, think, <laughs> I can't remember who we signed Mari from. I think it was like the second it was league the in Portugal Brazilian, or something. Oh, I think it was the Brazilian, Brazilian league. Is it Brazilian something? league? Something I'm like that. Sure. Like we're signing them from these like deadbeat teams, yeah. expecting them to get us into top four again. Uh, I think what I want from Arsenal is, I know at this point, especially because we're 10th, but last season may have been a bit more of a shout, is put our name in the hat for a big name, mm. for a big name defender. Like Upe Makano, I think he's leaving to yeah. go to Bayern right now. Um, yeah, Am I, I right think you're right. I think. And we've just signed, we've just signed Kanate as well. And, um, so someone, yeah, someone like, like Koulibaly, um, you could, you could even yeah. say, would be a fantastic I just want us, like, there's these big players that are moving around quite a lot right now. I would love to just have Arsenal throw their hat in the name because just to show some intent or, like, pay a little bit more than you need to to get a big-name defender. Because you look at what Virgil van Dijk's done for Liverpool. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely changed their team. Having but, a good centre-back just changes the whole club. The one thing I would say about that, van Dijk came from Southampton. And Edison he was, came from Porto. But Van Dijk was very much like the um, best player in that Southampton team. Like, he was you could the best player in the Southampton it. team, but he was no, no one expecting him to be anywhere near as good as he was for Liverpool. That's um, understandable. So I think I, I do... Maybe they got I do, a bit lucky there. Yeah. <laughs> I do agree that I think you do need to sign a big name, perhaps even just for fan service, you know, just... Just to really put some faith back it's into, a big the, thing, yeah. into the, yeah. Um, I do think you have to be a bit careful about saying, you know, don't get it from smaller teams because you know Edison came from Porto, as I said before. Um, so many fantastic players have come from smaller clubs, um, but yeah, I do agree. I think perhaps injecting a big name in the club could make could make quite a uh, quite a big difference. Yeah, um, when we were signing like Mkhitaryan, Abamyang. Like we got Ceballos on loan, yeah. things like that. I was, I was very much like, obviously at this point we had Özil in our team. Um, it was when Sanchez was on the way out. Um, I really felt like we were going through this positive change of like signing big name players again, and then we went from that to signing Tierney, who's been absolutely fantastic. But we signed Tierney, um, not the same Ma- caliber, Gabriel. Quite, yeah. yeah, exactly. Martinelli, um, Mari, Mavrapanos. That mm. um, what's his name that we've loaned back to Saint Etienne. Um, I, that I wouldn't be able these, to tell you. Yeah, fine. All these like <laughs> random players afterwards, and I really thought we were on this like positive trend of we're go- oh we're spending the big book, getting all these sick players like Pepe. We- I was excited for Pepe. I'm a Pepe fan. I know a lot of Arsenal fans. <laughs> I really like Pepe. I think you're he's a good. rare breed. He's one, <laughs> he's one of the few players in an Arsenal shirt that are willing to take their man on, and I like that mm. about him. I think um, yeah that no that's that's a that's a very good show. I think you you got to have a player like that in the team. Um, you could perhaps argue Saka's a bit like that, but I haven't uh, from Arsenal fans. I haven't heard great things about Saka recently. I think he's solid. I think he's going to be amazing. 
but he's he's not a world beater. I think he's good at what he does, and I really like him in our team. I definitely don't think he's an issue. I think he's one of our better mm. players in our team. But I wouldn't see like I can't see Real Madrid thinking, yeah. "Oh, we could keep an eye on him." Um, okay, so that kind of wraps up the bit I wanted to talk about Arsenal. The last question I wanted to ask you, um, going to an international level, because obviously we're at the Euros this summer, this, this, just to round off the podcast, um, I wanted to talk to you about what would you say your best eleven is for the Euros? Who, who would you be? Who would be your starting, your starting picks for that first eleven? You know, in our first game against whoever, I don't know who we're playing first, but who would, you, who would be your go-to eleven? Oh, I like this question. So let, let's start. Let's start and go. Let's start and go. Okay, starting and go. I'm going to pull up the England team because I'm definitely going to miss some media. <laughs> but in goal, it's got to be um, it's got to be Pickford, right? Really? You would say Pickford? Who, I think Pickford's been playing really well recently. Um, <laughs> the I, thing is about Pickford is I, I would personally I would say Pope because I just think. Pickford is is a liability. I think you saw that in a, a couple of years ago in the in the Merseyside derby on one of the biggest stages of his. You know that's the biggest match of 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 any you know any Everton player season. Um, and after what he did there, and just I just think he's a liability. I don't think he's solid enough. I think some you need someone that you can really trust in defence. I just think I don't think Pickford is trustworthy enough. I don't know about you, but. I think I agree with you. I, I think I do agree with you that he is a little bit of a liability. But in my opinion, I don't know if I would say Pope is better. I still think, um, I still think, yeah, for me, I don't know. I'd give it Pickford. Well, okay. What about someone like Henderson then, who's been in fantastic form for United and started over De Gea recently um, as a result of the faith that um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has put in him? Would you I say would perhaps Henderson? Hendo. I would rather see Henderson in goal than Nick Pope. That's just my opinion. Um, Admittedly, I don't watch a crazy amount of football outside of the yeah. top four in Arsenal. Mm. Um, I had to really specify the Arsenal line. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I f- yeah, I. It's a tough one because I don't think any of them are like crazy much better than any of the others. So if you were mm. to say to me Nick Pope is starting or Henderson is starting, I wouldn't be like, oh, they've made a mistake there. Yeah, I okay. think I'd be okay with it with the, any of the three. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm fine with those. Um, okay, moving into the, like, moving into the defense then. So yeah. let's let's assume there are no players injured. So we've got Gomez back from his injury. We've got whoever else is injured. We've everyone's fit. Who would you start yeah. at? Let's firstly go with fullbacks. Who would you start at fullbacks? This is a this is a very very Ooh. big question for England fans and for okay. Gareth Southgate by, for that matter. <clears throat> I think let's go left back. I would yeah. probably go Luke Shaw. I think I think I would agree with you there. I think he's had yeah. a fantastic season. Um, yeah, good. I shout. think he's coming. He's coming back to his best. He's probably not there yet. I think he's still got a little way to go. But mm. who else is in the running for left back? Um, um, so you got Chilwell. You got um, oh, Chill. Who who else have you got? I think no. Lamptey's a right back, isn't he? Um, it's it, the Ooh, main the main position is just Chilwell. Yeah. But is he better than I think Luke I'd Shaw? Still, yeah, I think I would still give it to. To Luke yeah, Shaw, to, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, to Luke Shaw. I think that he would still get. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, he would, he would still get mine. Um, I'd still get Luke Shaw. Um, right back? You, yeah, I was going to say. Got to be Trent. 
got to be Rip. friend. I'm so happy you said that. I'm so Has happy you said that. <laughs> Mate, what he offered... I know he's not the most defending defender yeah. in the world. He's not the yeah. best at defending. What he offers going forward is crazy. He's one of the best passers in, in the world. I don't know if there's a better player that... Well, right back that can cross as well as he can or can pick out a player as well as he can. I don't think you know how long I've waited for someone to say that. I think... People criticize right his defending ability all the time. It's not. It's not like terrible. It's 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 decent. It's passable. He's it's yeah, passable. It's not. It's not the. You know. He's not. He obviously he's not better than someone like Wan Bissaka, but it, he's not bad enough to to give up his place in. You know. He, Agreed. He, he actually is okay for for Liverpool defensively, but you can't I, sacrifice going forward, especially with a player like. Harry Kane in the box. Exactly. Who's one of the most clinical goal scorers in, exactly in Europe. That. You cannot sacrifice an ability like that. When um, you've got Harry Kane in your team, the thing you can give it the, the thing that's going to get you the most goals you, is his yeah, service. Exactly. And um, now let's split up. Let's split up attacking and defending. If you're going to give every all the right backs a score out of ten in attacking and defending, you're going to give Trent a ten out of ten in attacking and maybe yeah. like a seven in defending. Whereas Wan Bissaka gets like a five in attacking and like a eight in defending. Do you know what I mean? So like even giving them a total score out of twenty, Trent's gonna be at that. Mm. Is gonna be the highest for me. Um, I think I don't know if you want to go Carl Walker as well. I think Carl Walker is very solid. I think yeah, I think Carl Walker. You could say because obviously, um, yeah, he's he's won he's won the league this season. I mean, I know Cancelo's been starting, but I think I don't think you can discredit Kyle Walker. I think he's fantastic. You could even argue centre back for Kyle Walker if you really so needed to. That's what I was thinking of. Is would would I because I'm yeah for me Trent definitely right back. Yeah. There's no arguing that centre backs. I. We've got too many of these, haven't we? <laughs> and we've got a lot of centre-backs that are actually playing very well. You've got John Stones, Joe Gomez, Maguire. Well, Maguire's a bit of a thing. Tomori's playing really well for AC I Milan think, right now. Connor Quaid. Cody. Cody. I don't think after John Stones' impact this season that you can't put him in the team. I think he's been too good to, yeah. to not put him in the team. Um, I agree. Ne- next to him, though, it's an interesting one because you've got You've got Joe Gomez, who was very good for England, you know, um, uh, a, a year or two ago. You've got Harry Maguire, who's been very, very good for United this season. Who is? I think I don't Ooh. think. Wow, well, is that is that is that a topic of conversation for you? Would you say? I don't think he's that good. I don't rate Harry Maguire very highly in the slightest. I think he's got so. To me, he's like David Luiz. He's he's a solid defender on his good days. But, he but can't, he's got yeah, a mistake in every yeah. game. Yeah. But you watch him play, every game he makes at least one mm. fairly big mistake. And whether it leads to a goal or doesn't, that's think, not what you I want from a defender. You make a good point. But the the only thing I will, I do think he's going to be in England at 11 because he has been captain. I just think South, Southgate rates him quite highly. And yeah, I agree he probably will be, yeah. Yeah. Personally, I would say I would say Joe Gomez. I don't know if that's just because I'm a Liverpool fan. You could also say um, Tyrone Mings as well. I think yeah, would be a good shout. Um, who would you? I who think would Joe you Gomez. I think Joe, Joe Gomez, Gomez is is a very solid defender, but I don't think he makes that team. I think in for England, I think he's good, but I think he's great for Liverpool because he's got Virgil yeah. next to him. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Who would for you me? Put I next d- to? I think I would actually go Carl Walker. I think I'd go really? Carl Walker, John Stones. It's an intro. I mean, obviously, you've got the City link up as well. Um, That's what I'm thinking. City link up and having a pacey centre back is so underrated. That is true, but 
you you ha- you do have to think also that Johnson is a ball playing centre back and true. I would. That's why personally I would say. I don't know. I True. I actually might put Maguire above Gomez because I think Gomez perhaps is he's. I think Maguire is that very solid. He's a very traditional, you know, number yeah. four, isn't he? But he he's runs that, forward like randomly as well. No, like, I I, I, I get that, but I just think I don't know what other. We don't have another player like Maguire for England. I don't think. I think a lot of it's surprisingly a lot of our centre backs are ball playing centre backs. But um, okay, yeah. so kind of rush things a little bit because we are yeah, running on. a little bit out of time. Uh, let's look, let's move on to the midfield. So would you go for okay. four three three here? Would you go for a four two three one? What would you go? What formation? Would I'm going to go four two three one. Four two three one. So two yeah. CDMs. Who are you going for? Uh... All right, let's have a think. Let's have I think, a think. I think Henderson I, has to go in there. Just, just yeah, off the bat. Yeah, Jordan Hendo has to be there because of yeah. what he brings to the team. Just as like that captain material, yeah, I think is, exactly. is so underrated. But I may be in. Actually, no, I'm not going Jordan Henderson. Really? Actually, I've just read another name. I'm going Declan Rice. But f- what? Could you not have Jordan Henderson next to Declan Rice, perhaps? No, because what I'm what I'm thinking of is. The way that Arsenal used to play when we used to play a defensive midfielder and then Santi Cazorla next to him. Ah, okay. So because so like you want player. someone that can transition, yeah, like Tiago, yeah. someone that can transition play from their defense to their attackers, right? So I'm going to go Declan Rice, and then next to him, Ooh. I think I'm going to take. I think I might know who you're going to say here. Oh, it's a tough one actually. It's very tough. But I, I don't know how he played. Would you? Were you going to say? James Madison, perhaps. I was thinking James Madison, but then I was I was a bit hesitant on it because of Mason Mount. I don't think Mason Mount is a CDM by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think Not Madison CDM, is like, either. I'm, but... I'm thinking uh, of I, more I get, centre no, mids. I, as yeah, I get, CDM. I, get, I get. I get what you mean. Um, I would personally go for Madison just because he's got a little bit more experience. Um, I think he's been fantastic for Leicester. I know Mount has been very good for Leicester, but I I I think that personally. Just because at the point he is in his career, I think Madison's better than Mount, personally. But I don't know if I have enough to disagree with you there, but Mason Mount is playing in the Champions League final and the FA Cup final. That is that is very true. You have got a point. So there. you say experience, but what's better experience than playing in the Champions League? I mean, there's another player that you, you might want to throw around. I mean, Jack Grealish as well. Who's... So I was thinking Jack Grealish, but I would play Jack Grealish up on the left. Really? What, instead of Rashford? Yes. Would you not... So okay, let's let's move on to the attackers then. Central central cam central sac- central attacking mid. Where who would you yeah. who would you go for there? That cam I think has to go to. Oh, actually no, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Greedish in that cam. I was gonna say yeah, that's what I would go for. I I'm going go Greedish in that cam. The only thing that the only thing is, and I don't I've not seen him play enough, so I can't I I don't personally back this player. I've only heard good things about him, so please no one slate me for this. But Phil Foden. <laughs> Phil Foden, um, no, you, you, he is, fa- he is a fantastic player. I think, I think, I think you do go, you do raise a good point there. I would go Grealish and Phil Foden would be my 60th minute sub for Grealish okay. in that camp place. Out on the left, right. I think I would keep Sterling. Sterling, and then on yeah. the right, I'm guessing Sancho then. Yeah, Sancho. Really? So you would play? Do you not think that Rashford perhaps? I know Sancho has been fantastic in Bundesliga, but when he's played for England in the past, I think Rashford has been better than than Sancho for England. So again, personally, what I yeah, yeah, I mean, no, I, I was going to say again, I I don't think there's enough to if again if if Rashford is starting ahead of Sancho or Sancho is uh, starting ahead of Rashford, 
I would be like, yeah, that's fair enough. I'm I'm mm. not unhappy with either of those. Um, I'm I'm fine with both of those. And then obviously up front, I'm not even going to ask you this. Harry Tammy Kane, Abraham. <laughs> Tammy Abraham. No, yeah. <laughs> no, it's got to be Harry Kane. Yeah. Um, it has to be him. He's absolutely there's amazing. No, there's no one else you can play there. Literally, he's no he's, he's such a clinical player. But mm. if he was injured, mate, DCL has been on absolute form, hasn't he? Dominic Cavalier or Danny Ings yeah. as well. You've got Danny Ings who's been... Danny Ings. Who... I think Dominic Cavalier top goal scorer from open play this season, isn't he? Is he? I haven't... I, I haven't, think I so. Know. It's a statistic I might be making up. Um, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure... He's very much high up there for a... Yeah. non-distinguished not a big name player mm. he's been absolutely firing so uh, I'm a fan of, of DCL I, I hope the best for him um, but yeah Harry, it has to be Harry, 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 Harry has to be yeah definitely okay I mean that pretty much wraps up everything I wanted to talk about we have gone over a little bit but I don't care I think this has been such an interesting um such an interesting conversation with you, Neil. Um, thank you so much for for turning up today and and yeah, having, a, having a me. proper chinwag, as uh, I think you put it when you <laughs> messaged me. A good old chinwag um, with the boys. Yeah, we did have a we did have another topic, but I think just because I think we've we've talked we've talked um, a good yeah. deal about about another a lot day. of stuff. Yeah, I think another day. Um, but yeah, if you want to plug your socials, just one more, one last time for tell people where you can find you on uh, on Twitch. So. Yeah, no, so you can find me on Twitch. I I'm starting streaming again soon. Mm. I've actually taken a short break just because life gets in the way. Um, but I will be starting streaming hopefully in the next few weeks. Um, we will be probably streaming some Apex again, but I'm open to any game. Um, but yeah, you can find me at twitch.tv forward slash Neil before me, but that's N-E-E-L before me. <laughs> um, and yeah, I hope to see everybody there. Make sure Brilliant. you all follow the channel. Yeah, if you sub um... to me, you get banned. <laughs> that's, a lie. that's a complete lie. <laughs> um no but yeah it's been fantastic talking to you today neil um yeah so i, I just wanted to quickly mention as well this will be a weekly occurrence now just because you guys loved the last podcast so much and i thought why do it every other week when you can do it every week so this will be out um hopefully in the later hours of saturday um thank you so much guys for listening today and i will speak to you soon Bye bye